Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to answer some of your gardening queries. If you're like me, a garden centre is so much more than a place for tools and equipment. The plants are always colourful and it can be a wonderful place to dine. Later on, I'll be speaking to Matthew Bent of Bent's Garden and Home Centre about their remarkable restaurant offerings and their winter food market. My thanks to my producer, Charlie Jones, and to Mr Fothergill's Seeds, sponsors of this podcast. What a week. Went up to Sutton Coalfield to present the £350 Sutton's Voucher to Town Junior School. They were the ones who grew the most potatoes in one bag in the potato growing competition. And then on to York. Didn't think that was a bad day's work. And then the next day up into the northeast, looking at nurseries and garden centres, before I headed off to Leeds. And then uh, Friday evening, we had a reunion of all the old Pebble Mill at One staff, 80 of those people who were involved in that programme. You're obviously all much too young to remember that. I did manage to get the grass cut over the weekend, just as well, really, because I'm hosting Fergus Garrett, the head gardener from Great Dixter, for a cup of tea uh, tonight, actually. And then he's going to speak at our local horticultural society. I said last week that we'd lost the amalantia leaves in the gale-forced winds just uh, ten days or so ago. But at least we've now got the cherries. I've got one in my front garden. The leaves are absolutely crimson, really beautiful. Uh, And our offer this week in the paper is Cornus Winter Flame. That's a fantastic shrub. Has really good autumn colour. And of course, when they fall, you've still got colour because the bark is absolutely brilliant. It's a busy week for me. After my travels, I need to get back home because I've got more sweet peas to sow. I'll sow those in pots and put them under glass to try and catch up a bit. I have got some sown direct where the soil was well prepared. And then there's narcissus and tulips to plant in beds and containers. You can often find bargain bulbs uh, on garden centres as a clear stock to make space for Christmas. So keep your eye out for some bargains. Always go for really big, plump bulbs. And it's the same story for soft fruit. If uh, your local garden centre has got special offers clear in the decks, then uh, I can't recommend strongly enough planting some soft fruits. I'm still picking very nearly a handful a day of raspberries from Autumn Treasure and Paris. Those two varieties have cropped wonderfully for me. And at the Detling Fruit Show this week, uh, East Smalling Research launched two new Primo Cane raspberries. That's the kind that fruit on the current year's cane. And if you just tip off the fruited bit, they'll fruit a second time in the summer, in June, July. Means you can be picking raspberries for June to, well, end of October. There are two new varieties, Mauling Bella, a mid-season, easy-to-pick and very heavy-yielding double-cropping kind, and Mauling Charm, an early one with moderate vigour, so it has short to medium height 
and should be good in containers. I haven't grown it, but I hope to lay hands on a few canes and just see how well it does do. They, they tell me that Morling Charm has potential commercially to fetch a premium due to its sweetness and juiciness. So there we are. You know, there's a bit of a problem. When you go for these cultivars that really are excellent when it comes to taste and flavour, and you grow some yourself, it rather spoils everything else you go out to eat. <laughs> you know, you go to buy an apple, well, it's nothing compared to one that you've picked that's ripened on the tree and is in just perfect condition. Without question, it's worth growing your own. I've just been to a specialist of peppers. You know, my tastes are pretty well traditional English, I'm afraid. You know, meat and three veg, I'm not really into these, shall we say, uh, Far Eastern hot flavours or Caribbean flavours. But uh, Mark Rowland and Maggie Godsell up uh, near Spalding have spent the last 10 years sorting out and breeding both sweet and hot peppers for flavour. But it's amazing what they're doing. Hope to cover that in a week or two in the paper, so just watch out for that story, and it won't be long, I hope, before you're tasting both sweet and hot peppers in much the same way as you'd savour fine wine. You better pick out all kinds of flavours from their latest introductions. Some taste smoky, some are citrus, then we've got minty and fruity and all kinds of complex mixtures. So expect to hear quite a lot from uh, Gourmet Genetics and this uh, quite dramatic uh, arrival in terms of flavours in capsicum. If you travel the world looking at garden centres as I've done, uh, I'm happy to tell you that Britain has a pretty good reputation for uh, really fine garden centres. Uh, and most of them, if they come to Britain, head up to Manchester to see Bent's Garden and Home Centre. Uh, we're very lucky. Matthew Bent, third generation of the family business, is here to speak to us. How are things up there near Warrington? Well, today is a good day. It's, it's sun is shining. Uh, it's not too windy and uh, people are getting into the Christmas spirit. So, yeah, it's feeling a good day today. C can you just sort of paint a picture of uh, the Bent family business? I mean, you're, you've got a special anniversary this year, haven't you? Yeah, it's, it's our uh, 80th anniversary uh, this year. So it was my, my grandparents who started off the business back in 1937 and they started just over the road uh, from where the site is at the moment at, at 404 Warrington Road. And they started uh, very much as a, as a bit of a hobby, where they, they, they were growing plants and, and especially roses in his front garden. And a lot of, of people used to comment on his garden how the good the roses were. And he eventually started selling them from just like a little stall outside the house. And that led to, to buying more land, expanding, and, and really getting into more of a, a commercial growing operation. So the doctor actually said to my, my granddad, he said, you know, you need to get a, an outside job because he'd, he'd suffered um, a lot earlier because he used to be down the mine. So they actually said to him, you need an outside job, which spurred him on even more to uh, to actually set up the, the, the family business and grow uh, roses even more. That's amazing. I mean, there were a number of uh, miners who were very keen gardeners, weren't they? Up in the northeast, they used to compete with the uh, chrysants, I know, especially. And if I remember correctly, 
I will have shown roses at Southport and Shrewsbury alongside your grandfather. There were a lot of rose nurseries at that time, weren't there? Oh, there was a there was a huge amount in in the, the northwest from um, you know from Friars being one of them to ourselves, and you know it used to be the the, the, the shows we used to actually have a show here on site. Uh, one of the uh, societies used to come around here, so we had big marquees. But yes, we used to. Um, or my granddad used to take the, his roses around the northwest and show them off. It was it was fantastic, and the dedication they had to those roses was was amazing. Yeah. It was actually interesting. Um, we found out because we were looking through our history, and one of the things we found was that roses used to be very easy to grow up in the northwest because there was a, a lot of sulphur in the air because we had so much industrial buildings and industrial industry going on around here. So they used to pump out a lot of sulphur into the air, which made growing roses very easy. No black spot, No eh? black spot, yeah. <laughs> no black spot. wasn't so good for the workers uh, no. in the fields, but it was great for the roses. Yeah. And it's actually the Clean Air Act, when that came in, it actually affected it. So people then moved away from roses yeah. and went to, to more of the ornamental um, varieties uh, and plants. So... You know, it's amazing how things change. It is indeed. Now, from your grandfather, it was your, your dad, Ron, and his brother, John, who, who sort of did the business then. John, when I was up there last, several years ago, I regret to admit, had a really wonderful garden. Is that still going? Oh, he's, he's absolutely dedicated to his garden. So he st- still spends uh, most of his week out in his garden. And he's always coming up with, with creative and new ideas and what he can do and uh, you know he's, he's just got a fantastic imagination and he's very good because he's a photographer and he's a gardener so he's actually he, he, the way he sets his garden out is a very sort of looking at how you'd see different areas of the garden and you'd see it through a ph- photographic eye and he's got one of the best selections in the northwest of, of snowdrops so in the in the spring it just looks like a carpet of sort of and hundreds of different varieties of, of snowdrops so really it's uh, fantastic to come and see yeah, real horticultural mecca. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, then, but then your dad, uh, Ron, and your mum, Wendy, they've really developed the garden centre aspect to uh, what it is today, isn't it, with you following on? Yeah, very, uh, very much so. It's, uh, it's my, my, my dad who, who really pushed the, the business forward. And we went into you know areas such as, you know which was unheard of in, in garden centres, into catering. It's back in 1982 when we opened our first cafe in a lot of, a lot of people said to us, well, why are you going into cafe? We want people to come in, buy the plants and, and go again, you know. But my dad sort of could see that people, you know, it gave another reason for people to come uh, to Bent's and, and to go into the coffee bar. And it's now one of our, our bigger areas of the business. And they also went into Christmas, uh, which was, again, because you used to get money in the spring. And, you know, he didn't, he had that had to last the whole of the year. So I thought Christmas was an ideal thing to, to bring people in at that time and bring some money to the business. Well, now you, you talk about 1982 and a cafe. I mean, that's the understatement of a lifetime, isn't it, for what you run now? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, very much so. It's a, it's a huge part of our, our business, you know, from a, a tapas bar to um, six different places. You can you can get uh, coffee and cake and, and sandwiches around the business. So we've really expanded out. And I think our more unusual one is our, our pet cafe. So you can come in and you can have a cappuccino and a... Uh, a muffin and your your pet can have a um, a puppuccino and a, a woofing. So, <laughs> a woofing? Yeah, yeah. Come on, Matthew. You're pulling my leg. No, absolutely. We sell uh, dog biscuits and uh, woofings in there, so it's really popular, <laughs> uh, especially under uh, pet owners. And, and there's a great because there's a great walk out in the back um, where pet owners can come along and breeds meet together. So there's a cockapoo on the other day where all these breeds and owners get together and 
you know, it's a great meeting point. Well, now just walk us round your centre then, for those people uh, who can't make the journey immediately. I park out the front, and I nice, free, comfortable car parking. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's then it's we've we've got almost two two parts of the garden centre, but the the big thing that we have is we all have have plants in the middle of the the garden center and it's always been a real strong area for ourselves you know we still grow 60 percent of all the plants so as you you come into the center it's very much as a a christmas uh, mecca as a lot of other garden centers uh, and other retailers are at at this time of the year Uh, but you can sneak through our food hall and get straight to to the plants so we still see you know christmas as being a strong part of it but also the plants but we've got you know we've expanded it into areas over the time, such as, as I mentioned about the restaurant, but also we have a, a pet store, which is a, a really popular area. We've got a children's boutique, a cook shop, a, a big food hall uh, we, we introduced about three years ago, and that's been really popular. Um, you know, great butchers in there, a wine shop, and also, you know, just providing everything for the home as well. So we try and provide the whole service, you know, not just for, for the outside, but also for the inside and great products and we, we try and uh, strive to to have a, a wow factor so we, we we call it surprising and delighting our customers so we want them to come around the store and just say wow all the time and we have these amazing displays that spend you know we take probably about six to eight weeks to install but it takes about 18 months to plan so it's a real wow factor um, as you're walking around well i'm hope, hoping to come up in the next day or so so I, you know i can't wait to see it but i mean you talk about uh, food hall and butchers and uh, you're going even further now aren't you you've got a winter uh, food market yeah so our winter food market is is, is new this year uh, we've we realized that you know it's, it's a big trend at the moment to have these german type markets and a lot of the, the more popular ones are the, the food that, that served the food and the wine and the and the beer and and it's something we we see we've got an amazing sort of open skies greenhouse um which we just feel as though make a great environment and to get customers in because we, we we are very busy at the weekend and what we're trying to do is encourage people co- to come during the evening so we've got lots of activities live bands and other activities going on and we're, we're serving you know the classic bratwurst the sausages the uh, we're doing pulled pork sandwiches waffles crepes uh, mulled wine so there's lots of uh, things to offer in there and it just creates another uh, attraction another reason to come to Ben. sounds like a great day out for the family yeah yeah absolutely oh. yeah yeah you can even bring the dog uh, i oh. guess yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Now, now what are the times then matthew you know you spoke about evenings how late do you open yeah we, we open at 8 30 in the morning and then we're, we're closed at, at 9 p.m during the week there's a lot of demand for that um, especially around this area where a lot of the shops uh, stay open until 10, 11 o'clock. So um, it's an important time and we do get um, a lot of people during our evening. And as we get closer to Christmas, we put on demonstration evenings as well. So we'll be, be teaching our, our customers how to, you know, how to make the, do the perfect tree, how to make garlands, wreaths, how to dress your home, also food. So there's lots of activities going on in the evening um, to try and provide that extra service as well. I mean, what would your grandparents have thought, Matthew, uh, eh, about yeah. all of that? I think it would be amazing and shocked at how different it would be from, from starting that little stall to, to how it is now. Yeah. But I think uh, hopefully they'd be impressed and appreciate everything we've done so far. But you offer wonderful employment too, don't you? Yeah, I mean, we, you, yeah. you must have a lot of people if you're open from 8.30 till 9. How on earth many people do you employ? 
Uh, we, we have over 500 people. Um, we, we employ sort of around the local area, so that's a mix between part-time and full-time. So there's a, there's a lot of people. Um, to, because we're opening those late hours, it means that we, we have got the opportunity, and it's those busy times. So some people doing short times, but a lot of people during the week. So 500 people is, is a lot of people to look after. And I have to try and remember everybody's name as well, which is always a challenge, but I try as much as possible. Yeah, your mum and dad, Ron and Wendy, were very active with the International Garden Centre Association. Uh, did they go to Canada? Uh, yes, yeah, no, they said it was, uh, they've, they've been on, uh, I think they've probably been on the last 20 or 30, and they really enjoy not only just going out there and seeing different ideas, but also chatting to other people. So um, did they come back and bend your ear a bit? Oh, yes, loads of ideas. <laughs> I think he's got like a thousand pictures of all the different pictures that they've seen and, and you know, the inspiration over there. I believe some really good um, centres over there. So, yeah, it's just being out there, just seeing those ideas just refreshes and, you know, helps you helps you start thinking differently. It does indeed. Matthew, it's been an absolute joy to speak to you. I very much look forward to uh, coming and, and being wowed. Uh, in the next few days. Thanks again. Okay, thanks, Peter. I'm not sure I should let you into a little secret, but uh, I've mentioned in the paper recently that I've been having trouble with foxes. And the last straw was when I would think several of them trashed my crop of sweet corn. The plant stood about seven feet high stems nearly as thick as my wrist and they had some really stunning cobs very sweet and succulent just ready for picking i did actually record a piece for our video tips the night before or sorry the day before the fox did its business and really i can't live with that and so i got on the internet and found a pest control company and they arrived with a trap to catch the fox and the chap who came said, uh, you know, they're not very clever foxes. And so he put two lovely pieces of Marks and Sparks breast of chicken on the hook, set the trap, off he went with a phone number for me to ring when we caught the fox the next morning. Well, I got up next morning early and sure enough, the fox had been there. He'd eaten the chicken, come out and then set the trap. So I just had an empty trap and no chicken. I thought, well, I can set that trap better than that bloke, I know. And so I got some rather cheaper chicken and put it on the hook, set the trap, got up very early the next morning and found I caught the neighbour's cat. Fortunately, it came to no harm, so I let it out. But I tell you, I'm not letting up. Uh, that fox can't keep eating my sweet corn. On a more brighter note, I should just remind you that uh, the founding AGM of the Rose Society UK will be held at St Michael's Church Hall, Hall Lane, Pelsall in the West Midlands. Uh, a number of exhibitors have set up this uh, new society uh, to really replace the Royal National Rose Society, which sadly went into liquidation earlier this year. And at the uh, Rose Society UK, they will have uh, uh, Michael Marriott from David Austin Roses, a world authority he is on roses, and he'll be speaking, so that will be a good event to go to if you're up in the Midlands. Thanks again to our sponsors, Mr Fothergill's Seeds, and to my producer, Charlie Jones. Enjoy your garden, 
We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk Thank you.